In this episode, we're gonna read a short chapter from the book The Lost Prosperity Secrets of Napoleon Hill, the great Napoleon Hill. Before I begin, thank you so much for liking, commenting, and sharing my videos. I appreciate it very much. It does help my channel grow, and I love the support. Thank you so much. I don't hesitate to comment and let me know your thoughts. If you don't understand something, I'm glad to answer them. That being said, let's begin. Learn how to use that wonderful mind of yours. The human mind is a composite of many qualities and tendencies. It consists of likes and dislikes, optimism and pessimism, hatred and love, constructiveness and destructiveness, kindness and cruelty. The mind is made up of all these qualities and more. It is a blending of them all. Some minds showing one of these qualities dominating and other minds showing others dominating. The dominating qualities are largely determined by one's environment, training, associate, and particularly by one's own thoughts. Any thought held constantly in the mind or any thought dwelt upon through concentration and brought into the conscious mind often attracts to it those qualities of the human mind that it most resembles. A thought is like a seed planted in the ground in that it brings back a crop after its kind, multiplies and grows. Therefore, it is dangerous to allow the mind to hold any thought that is destructive. Such thoughts must sooner or later seek release through physical action. Through the principle of auto-suggestion, that is thoughts held in mind and unconcentrated upon, any thought will soon begin to crystallize into action. We will discuss this principle at length later. If the principle of auto-suggestion were generally understood and taught in the public schools, it would change the whole moral and economical standards of the world inside of 20 years. Through this principle, the human mind can rid itself of its destructive tendencies by constantly dwelling upon its constructive tendencies such as positive thinking or positive attitude. The qualities of the human mind need the sunlight of nourishment and use to keep them alive. Throughout the universe, there is a law of nourishment and use that applies to everything that lives and grows. This law has decreed that every living thing that is neither nourished nor used must die. And this applies to the qualities of the human mind we have mentioned. The only way to develop any quality of the mind is to concentrate upon it, think about it and use it. Evil tendencies of the mind can be blotted out by starving them to death through disuse. What would it be worth to the young plastic mind of the child to understand this principle and commence to make use of it early in life, beginning with kindergarten? The principle of auto-suggestion is one of the fundamental major laws of applied psychology. Through a proper understanding of this principle, the whole tendency of the human mind can be directed toward constructive effort in a short period of time. Instead of merely wanting for someone to start a movement for general education along this line, why don't you begin now to make use of this principle for the benefit of you and yours? Your children may not be fortunate enough to receive this training in school, but there is nothing to hinder you from giving it to them in your home. There is nothing to hinder you from studying, understanding and applying to your own efforts this principle from now on. Learn something about that wonderful machine we call the human mind. It is your real source of power. 
If you are ever to free yourself of petty worries and financial want, it will be through the efforts of that wonderful mind of yours. This writer is still a young man, yet he has a positive evidence of the transformation of both men and women from failure to success in remarkably short periods of time, ranging all the way from a few hours to a few months. The book you hold in your hand is concrete evidence of the soundness of the argument that individuals can control their economic destiny because these writings are a success built out of 15 years of failure. You too can turn your past failure into success if you will understand and intelligently apply the principles of applied psychology. You can get to wherever you wish to go in life. You can find happiness instantly once you master this principle. And you can build financial success as rapidly as you comply with the established practices and principles of economics. There is nothing occult in thinking this way about the human mind, which functions in harmony with the physical and economic laws and principles. You do not need the assistance of any person on earth in the manipulation of your own mind so it will function as you want it to. Your mind is something that you control, no matter what your station in life may be, provided always that you exercise that right instead of permitting others to do so for you. Learn something of the powers of your mind. It will free you of the curse of fear and fill you with inspiration and courage. How Andrew Carnegie used other people's brain. Andrew Carnegie passed away, leaving a huge fortune after having given away another fortune. There were thousands of people who envied his titanic wealth and there were also many thousands of people who puzzled their brains trying to think out some plan or scheme through which they could build up a fortune such as the one Carnegie possessed. Let us tell you how Carnegie built his wealth and fortune. Maybe it will give you an idea that will help you in building yours. In the first place, it is well to remember that Carnegie was not possessed of more ability than the average man enjoys. He was not a genius and did nothing that almost any person could not duplicate. Mr. Carnegie accumulated his millions by selecting, combining and managing other people's brain. He realized early in life that any undertaking such as the steel business required more talent than any person possessed. He also realized that most industries and businesses require at least two types of people. One the caretaker and the other the promoter. Carnegie selected the people he wanted organized them, directed them, and kept them enthusiastic and eager to render the greatest amount of service. He got them to cooperate with one another and with him. No one can build a fortune such as that which Carnegie controlled without the use of other people's brain. The amount a single brain can produce, accumulate and own, acting independently of other brains is comparatively little. But the amount one brain can accumulate and control when acting in harmony with other highly organized minds is practically unlimited. If you want to become wealthy, learn to attract men and women who have what you do not possess in the way of brain capacity. If you are the promoter type, you are associated so that some of them will be of the, character, of the caretaker type. A well-rounded out partnership or organization to be successful must be made up of people who possess all the requisite qualities essential for success. Some people can acquire but cannot conserve assets. Other people can conserve but cannot acquire. The two types working in harmony can both acquire and conserve. Many a business has grown sickly and finally passed into bankruptcy for no reason other than the fact that it was managed by people who had too much of one sort of talent and too little of none of the other necessary sorts. Business requires something more than capital in order to succeed. 
It requires well-balanced brains made up of the various shades and blending of the caretaker and the promoter types. The magical human mind. There is no time for the person who believes only what he or she understands. Neither is it a favorable time for the person who doubts the ability of the human mind to look behind the curtain of time, down the ages, and there see the handwriting of nature. Nature is yielding up her secrets to all who wish to see. She no longer uses the lightning in the clouds to scare ignorant, superstitious humanity. That force has now been harnessed. It drives our wheels of industry and carries the whispers of our voices and even our fleeting thoughts around the earth in nanoseconds. Electricity is exactly the same force now that it was hundreds of years ago. Yet we knew nothing about it except that we believed it was the only destructive. It was not constructive. We did not know that it would one day serve as our greatest server, obediently carrying out our commands. We did not understand electricity, so we made no attempt to master it until recent years. How can we discover the possibilities of the Earth's natural forces? We can do it through experimentation, through the use of imagination. This is decidedly the age of imagination, inquiry and experiment. The human race has begun to throw off the shackles of fear and doubt and take hold of the tools of progress that have been mean lying at our feet throughout the ages. The present is the most wonderful age in the history of the human race. Wonderful not only in its progressive inventions, but also in its mental development. Every day, we announce to the world a new technology or invention, and none of it would be possible without the human mind. Why we should quit quarreling with our neighbors? The time and energy we spend in striking bad at those who anger us, who make us independently wealthy, if this great force were directed toward constructive effort, to building instead of tearing down, the average person spends three-fourths of his or her lifetime in such useless, destructive effort. There is but one real way to punish a person who has wronged you, and that is by returning good for evil. The hardest calls ever heaped upon a human being had are acts of kindness offered in return for acts of cruelty. Time spent in hatred is not only wasted, but it smothers the only worthwhile emotions of the human heart and renders the person useless for constructive work. Thoughts of hatred do not harm anyone except the person who indulges in them. Alcohol and drugs are no more deleterious to the human body than are thoughts of hatred and anger. Lucky is the person who has grown to be big enough and wise enough to rise above intolerance, selfishness, greed and petty jealousies. These are the things that blot out the better impulses of the human soul and open the human heart to violence. Anger never profited a person anything. Great souls are usually housed in human minds and human beings who are slow to anger and who seldom try to destroy their fellows or defeat them in their undertakings. The man or woman who can forgive and truly forget an injury is to be envied. Such souls rise to heights of happiness that most mortals never enjoy. How long will it be until the human race will learn to walk down the pathway arm in arm, helping one another in spirit of love instead of trying to cut one another? How long will it be until we learn that the only real success in life is measured by the extent to which we serve humanity? How long will it be until we learn that life reaches blessings are bestowed upon the one who refuses to stoop to vulgar attempt to destroy others? Creating the riches vibration of success. Most of us ask for success without the usual hardship that come with it. We want success with as little effort as possible. 
it is a good idea to define success in order to understand it and write out a description of it as one of the items on our list of hopeful achievements. I do not know what your definition of the term success is, but if I may impose my own definition on you, I would do so as follows. Success is the sum total of one's act and thoughts that have on account of their positive constructive nature brought happiness and good cheer to the majority of one's associates in the past and those in the coming years. You cannot possibly bring happiness, good cheer and sunshine into the lives of those with whom you associate and do not enjoy success yourself. Neither can you bring misery, despondency and unhappiness to others and be a success. If you cause others to smile when you are near, if you carry with you that rich vibrating dynamic personality that causes people to be glad when you are near, if you speak and think of the beauties of life and persuade others to do the same, if you are eliminated cynicism, hatred, fear and despondency from your own nature and fill their place with a wholesome love for all humanity, then you are bound to be a success. Money is not evidence of success, it may be in fact evidence of failure and it will be if happiness and goodwill did not accompany it throughout the process through which it was accumulated. I value more highly than all the wealth in the world the pleasure, the thrilling joy, the happiness and contentment that has come to me as a result of the opportunity I've had had during the past year to serve my fellows through my writings. Could any amount of money buy such pleasure? No. A thousand times no. Pleasure comes from doing and not acquiring. This is a lesson that some people seem never to learn. But it is the truth nevertheless. The roadway to that thing we call success lead only in one direction and that is straight through the varied field of human service. Any road that leads in other directions cannot possibly reach success. I intend to try to be happier this year than I was good last year. Not by acquiring more worldly goods although I could use these two advantage, but by serving more people through my writings and by bringing greater happiness to the members of my immediate family and my personal friends. If we cannot increase our measure of success in this manner, then we don't know how at all. By no means do I recommend that anyone give up the pursuit of money as one means of finding success and happiness, but I strongly recommend no one depend entirely upon the power of money for success. I have never had enough money to cause me to quit trying to render service, but some whom I know have had and the result was not what I call success. That's why financial success is dangerous. Financial success brings power and power is a dangerous thing to those who have not learned how to use it justly and wisely. Great financial power has a tendency to promote intolerance and disregard for the right of others. When you begin to succeed financially, you will need to watch your step more closely than ever before. Financial success too often smothers the finer impulses of the human heart and leads a person to the worship of the God of Mammon. It is the exception and not the rule when a person who accumulates great financial power without having tasted liberally of the dregs of poverty uses that power wisely. Real success cannot be measured in dollars. It is something that can be measured only by the quantity and the quality of service one renders for the good of others. If financial power takes away the desire to render useful service, then it may be properly interpreted as failure instead of success. Watch your step as you begin to accumulate more money than you need for your daily use. Take care that it does not blind your eyes to this one true pathway to real success, which is the performance of useful service for the good of humanity. Two men, two legs, big difference. In the town of Wichita Falls, Texas, I saw one, a one-legged man sitting on the sidewalk begging for a handout. A few questions brought out the fact that he 
had had a fair education. He said that he was begging because no one would give him work. The war is against me and I have lost confidence in myself. And there was the rub. I have lost confidence in myself. Across the hall from my office is another one-legged man. I've known him for several years and I know that his schooling was slight. He has less training than the one-legged beggar, but he's earning an impressive salary as sales manager of a manufacturing concern where he's directing a staff for 50. The beggar displayed the stump of his amputated leg as evidence that he needs arms. The other one-legged man covered the stump of his lost leg so he would not attract attention. The difference between the two men exists merely in viewpoint. One believes in himself and the other does not. The one who believes in himself could give up the other leg and both of his arms and still earn a great deal of money. He could not even give up both eyes to boot and still do very well. The world never defeats you until you defeat yourself. A meat products manufacturer who was once at the top of his field became a wealthy man in the sausage business after paralysis had taken away the use of nearly every muscle in his body. He couldn't turn over in bed without aid, but he believed in himself and as long as you have faith in yourself and that wonderful mind of yours continues to function properly, you cannot be defeated in any legitimate undertaking. This statement is made without qualification because it is true. Okay, and this is the end of this excerpt from this fabulous book by Napoleon Hill. And yeah, like uh, a lot of his writing, Napoleon Hill is very, very conceptual in the sense that he doesn't necessarily talk about practical exercise, so to speak, although he gets into them most of the time very briefly, but is more of a concept. That's why I think he's uh, kind of like the father of modern self-help so to speak because he's more in the concept than the exercises if you want more practical exercises you might need to read something like joseph murphy or neville goddard although i have to think that neville Hill has his place too because the mindset behind those concepts is very important such as the willing to give unconditionally because that's what he preaches that's what he used to preach the giving, the unconditional giving and the service to others instead of always relying solely on the financial gains which is which he properly stated that he has nothing against however he said and he wrote that financial gains over everything else and financial gains against service to others is a problem and is dangerous as they say Money brings about power and power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So one needs to be careful. That's why I like this excerpt because he tells us about the issues of making money and being successful. And we should all be aware that we we all want to manifest a life that we think will make us happy. And that's all fine and that's all well but we need to be aware of the person we become along the way because yes we can get anything we want we don't need to be happy to get anything we don't need to be high vibration in high vibration to get anything we want that's true the conscious mind and the subconscious mind are very powerful you can get pretty much anything you want while being sad while being happy while being angry as long as you do not negate and you do not doubt the manifestation, you can get pretty much whatever you want. 
However, there's a better way of doing it. And generally speaking, the way is to be of service and giving. And not only to get your manifestation, but to live a happier, healthier life. And to be, as he said, to be someone whose presence is accepted and welcome and whose absence is missed. So we need to be aware of this and before we start any endeavor and if we want to manifest and if we have a business particularly, we need to understand that it's not about the paycheck. And I know we all make this mistake and we all tend to forget that a business is to be of service and add value to someone else's life and sometimes we get carried away and cut corners not only in the business but also in our mindset and in our minds to actually get to where we want which is financial gains instead of focusing on what value we can add to the people we serve and it can apply to relationships to your your church your convent your group of peers your football team whatever you do adding value being of service and of course by being of service being of service to yourself and by doing this you are being a service of yourself you are loving yourself and giving to yourself unconditionally that's why we need to beware of what we wish we need to be beware of why we wish for something and of course you can as i said you can get anything you want but the introspection needs to be there to do the right things and to get whatever we want yes but to also be truly fulfilled by that desire and by that accomplishment and by that success of getting what one wants and i will leave you at that and i hope you like those these words my words the words of napoleon hill and i'll see you soon if you want more information i have books available i have coaching available i have a facebook a private Facebook that I just created. Please feel free to join. I will glad you welcome you there and see you soon.